2: The numbers told the story, they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a
3: numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN.
4: Hour number two of a numbers game at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, FUBO, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's all proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Kelly Bidlin is here as well, producer number nine. Still to come this hour. Oh, Adam Kramer, college football. Looking forward to that. He's always fired up. He was ready to go 30 minutes ago. Yeah, he's ready to go. Jason Weingarten, uh, not really fired up. We wouldn't really describe that for Jason. What we would call no. him, yeah, he's fired up in his own way. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, under a cloud of smoke, if you will, from Southern Cali. We'll talk to him. And Mike Pritchard's standing by momentarily. But Kelly, we've got we to do our primetime games real quick because we sort of got rushed at the mm-hmm. end there. Yeah. Yep. So again, Sunday night, um, Cowboys and Buccaneers, Cowboys hosting. I will actually be on the Cowboys in this game, I think. Okay. Yeah. I've made one bet earlier in the summer. I I don't know if I'm adding or not. I want nothing. I think this is the number one game of the week. I want nothing to do this. I wouldn't bet this was Sean McCollum's video poker money. I I wouldn't (laughs) bet this game at all. That's a lot of money right there. I have no idea how this game is going to go. Sean McCollum, no relation to CJ McCollum, just in case you're wondering. Yep, no relation. And then Monday Night Broncos at Seahawks. By the way, do you like a Cowboys teaser leg? No, you don't even like that? Uh, not really. No? Okay.
5: I, I, like the but, no, it, only because the Bucks, both these teams coming in with injuries, those offensive line injuries for the Bucks, concerning it would definitely be Cowboys or or pass for me. But I don't. The Bucks, I feel like, are either going to come in and look absolutely flat or look amazing.
4: Yeah, that sounds like an excellent analysis. Monday night, <laughs> Broncos, six-and-a-half point favorites at the Seahawks. Russell Wilson's return to Seattle. Oh, bet they didn't uh, do this one randomly. Yeah. Do you – it's Broncos or nothing, right? I'm going to end up playing this. Of course you are. I'm going to end up playing this. Hey, I, I, actually, I think i got
5: to play it earlier. If there's a six out there still, I don't even know if there is. I'm probably going to bet it today. Meaning the
4: Broncos laying the points.
5: Yeah, laying the points. I'm just, it's it's going to be a small – it would be a small bet for me this week, but I will bet that side.
4: All right. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the co-host of VEASAN's Pro Football Blitz. He uh, was a national champion with the University of Colorado, then was a first-round pick of the Atlanta Falcons, where his rookie year ended in disaster, against the greatest football team that ever landed on Earth, RFK Stadium. I was there. It's Mike Pritchard. How you doing, Mike?
2: Gil, yeah, I'm great, man. Why do why you want to bring up that kind of memory for me?
4: <laughs> I just want to ask you, when you walked off the field, did you did you mm-hmm. realize you were playing the greatest football team on planet Earth ever in history?
2: No. In a word, yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we had played them earlier in the year, too. And, and so, you know, you're watching the tape and, and you're certainly getting ready for a playoff game. and You're thinking everything's going to be different, but it actually got worse. I mean, the weather wasn't conducive for the run and shoot at the time. So, but the Washington team, they they made it work with Rippon and, and all those great weapons that he had. But more importantly, they were just built the right way inside out uh, and then just had the great – Leadership on top of the moxie, uh, so yeah. I mean, I, I've i talked to Mark Schlereth many times about this. He was part of that team, and uh, yeah, I, that I believe is the best Super Bowl team uh, that's ever existed. I, I mean, love I, you. I could put them, yeah, I yes. can put them up against all the all the other great teams, but that team was so complete. And so well-coached and so talented. It was crazy.
4: Mike, you're such a good sport about it. Uh, by the way, uh, Kelly, in case you're scoring at home, Mark ripping six touchdown passes in the regular season game against the Falcons for Washington. And then in the postseason, uh, we were so arrogant as fans that Mike Pritchard's Atlanta Falcons kept the game close 17-7, uh, to 7, and then Gerald Riggs finally plunges into the end zone to make it 24-7, and it's known as the seat cushion game in, in RFK Stadium because everybody threw their seat cushions onto the uh, onto the playing field because we're like, oh, finally, we're up to 17. Anyway, uh, Mike, we got a tweet here about you, and I'm, and this is from Michael LaFon. He says, Gil, this drives me crazy. When you have Mike Pritchard on your show today, can you please ask him from his 10 years of being an NFL wide receiver to apply himself to predicting, because no one ever asks him this is what he's saying. No one ever asks himself to predicting NFL receiver yardage props. um, He's got to have some good insight on this. Is there a receiver or two Mike that you're really high on this year, or perhaps you think are in worse situations than they once were?
2: Well, you know, it's crazy Gil. I mean, I, I think the wide receiver position, and this is how I would think about it is now a franchise position. I mean, just look at the contracts, uh, look at the way that they're getting paid, the structure of the contracts as well. So it's a passing league. Uh, they're changing the rules. Uh, legal contacts are going to be more emphasized as well. But I, I th- yeah, there's going to be a ton of opportunities. There's so much talent at the wide re- receiver position. There's so much speed at the wide receiver position that coaches are salivating uh, to get the ball into these playmakers hands. And uh, I would investigate uh, combinations. I would uh, investigate comfort Like any wide receiver prop with Aaron Rodgers is going to be difficult uh, because I don't know when he's going to establish comfort uh, in a real game with those players. But you think about a new offense and Justin Jefferson being highlighted. You think about a Gabe Davis uh, from Buffalo, a guy who emerged that way. You think about a CeeDee Lamb who's taken uh, over the number one spot out there in Dallas. You think about Devontae Adams uh, linking up with Derek Carr, who they had a relationship in college. And that's the one I'm focused in on. The most because Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, I've called games when they were at Fresno State together. Devontae Adams is not covered in Derek Carr's eyes. Right. In his mind, he's going to throw the ball to that guy uh, and therefore giving him a lot of opportunity to make some plays. So I look at those situations, too. I'm excited about Kyle Pitts uh, and his second year. Uh, as a player, Alave, uh, a young player too. So there's so many. I guess the, a long answer here. There's so many uh, combinations, and there's so much intrigue with certain offenses uh, that I haven't fixated on one particular player. But if I had to, it would be Devonte Adams uh, linked up with uh, Derek Carr. Certainly,
4: I'm going to ask you about Week One here momentarily. If you have any plays, but just from a from a larger perspective, because I haven't had mm-hmm. a chance to, to talk to you about your thoughts this offseason about the NFL. Is there? I'll ask you the, the standard question that I think is most fascinating from everybody who's observing, which is what team are you sort of higher on than the general market, or at least just anecdotally that you feel you're higher on than most? And what team are you the opposite on, that you just don't see it, you're not buying it, and most people are?
2: Yeah, I believe I'm higher on Pittsburgh, and I might be a year early. I love the culture that Tomlin... Has created. I mean, it's in lockstep with Chuck Knoll and, and Cowher. Uh, I mean, that's the thing about that franchise. That's the reason why they've only had three head coaches over the decades, is because there's such a cultured organization and they draft the right players and, and they fit in. If they don't, they get rid of them. Uh, so I, I think they're going to surprise people. I know a lot of people are, are, are expecting in a regression situation because of the quarterback, you know, Big Bannon, that typically happens. But they're so young uh, and they have the right mix between coordinator, coaches, uh, and players. And, and I think they could surprise people this year. I might be a year early, though. And then a the team that could be overrated, I believe is overrated, are, are the Denver Broncos. I mean, they were one in five in their division last year. And this is a highly competitive division with the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Chiefs. And I'm like, okay, is one guy going to turn everything around so quickly? i give it some time. I I wouldn't doubt Russell Wilson and the Broncos being in the Super Bowl in the next few years. But that quick of a turnaround so quickly, I mean, I I can't get on board with that one right now. So I I think the Broncos could be overrated right now.
4: Do your instincts tell you that a Russell Wilson obviously got hurt last year and it was tough Mm -hmm. for him to come back quickly? Or Tom Brady, who uh, you know again, forty-five years old, obviously with uh, off-the-field stuff, uh, you know, into practice, out of practice this off-season. Do do your instincts, and obviously, there's nothing to to you know necessarily to base this on with Brady. Maybe there is a little with Wilson, but is there anything that tells you? Your spider senses tell you that one of these guys is going to drop off.
2: Yeah, you know, Warren Moon, the situation when he arrived in Seattle. I mean our optimism went through the roof. What are you talking about? We got Warren moon, hall of fame quarterback in Seattle. Now, of course we're going to go to the playoffs, but we went eight and eight, you know, it it takes more than one guy, you know, Tom Brady with all the distractions, he's been such a, a button up guy, his entire career in terms of keeping uh, the focus on the field, but he was candid at the podium uh, and certainly about his personal life. And a lot of things are out there now. And that's a distraction. You know, if he has a bad game, People are going to bring up, hey, what's going on at home? You know, how is he going to handle that? How is he going to react to that? And uh, I've been around players over the years that that had distractions. You know, Andre Risen with with the situation with, with left eye. And, you know, the public nature of that uh, is, is something that sticks with you in a locker room. And it's a distraction for what you want to do on the field. And if there's one player, it, it would be Tom Brady. Uh, I think that's going to have to deal with this all year long. Uh, and if he drops off at all, people are going to start to question him a little bit, and he's not used to that.
4: Left eye reference, Cash is Kelly. Mark that down in the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, uh, if there's this is me and you talking, nobody's listening right here. It's just me and you. Is there mm-hmm. a quarterback you watch, day, week in, week out, year in, year out, where, where either silently, you don't even have to verbalize it, but silently in your head, you're like, oh god, this guy just, this guy just never
2: going to get it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of those. Can you name I mean, one? You know? Can you name yeah, absolutely. one? Absolutely, absolutely. I think Kyler Murray. Okay. I mean, yeah, Kyler Murray. Man, I saw him quit in the playoffs, man. And I, I, I don't know how he's going to overcome that unless he does something miraculous this year. Uh, you know, and and the league's catching up to his speed, uh, which was a distinct advantage for him in college. They can't adjust. I, I think they put that study clause in his contract because. They can't adjust with him, whether it's in the second half of a game or, or a second half of a season. So from a tendency standpoint, from a work ethic standpoint, is that guy doing everything possible to evolve his game or is he staying the same to me? Since he's been in the league, he stayed the same and the, and the league has a way to catch up to players like that. so, uh, unless he changes his game, I mean, I think the Cardinals could be in the world to hurt this I
4: year. I agree with you. That clause in his contract is the single most underrated thing of this offseason. Just such a, <laughs> such a tell. Uh, all right, yeah. last thing. We only have 30 seconds. Your favorite week one play is?
2: Uh, my teaser. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about my teasers. Ravens down to one, and I got San Francisco down to uh, down one as well. Uh, both of them on the road. Uh, typically, I don't like to tease road games, uh, road teams, favorites, but you know, no home field advantage either way for the Jets or Chicago. So I, I think the element of surprise offensively is on the side uh, of the 49ers as well. Mike, I love it. Let's do it on the regular. Absolutely, Gil. Look forward to it.
4: Mike Pritchard, everybody. VEASAN's own co-host, of course, of the Pro Football Blitz each and every weekend right here on the network. Always appreciate it. Jason Weingart from Under a Cloud of Smoke. Talk a little baseball and football. He's got some football thoughts as well. He'll be in town this week as well. Oh boy. Next, Numbers Game, Vista, the Sports
0: Betting Network.
2: Game on VSEN, the sports betting network.
0: It is football
4: season, and bettors know that this is where the money is made and when it's made. Nobody knows football like VSEN, and now's the time to become a VSEN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and pro guides. Only VSEN subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings. Plus, Best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Sign up early and for a discounted $175, you'll receive both guides and full VEASAN access all the way through the Super Bowl. Or join us for $40 a month and see everything that VEASAN has to up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Skill Alexander, Kelly Billing. Kelly, by the way, I don't want to break this to you hard here, but uh, Justin Bieber has canceled his world tour. No! No. Any reason why? Yeah, he's putting his mental health first, which we appreciate. But uh, for those of you who are uh, very excited about Biebs, nah, sorry.
5: Not going to happen. Some news coming through a little bit. Uh, Manuel Sanders has announced he is retired officially from the NFL. Will retire as a Bronco.
4: As he should. Don't you Don't you associate him with the Broncos? Yes, yes very much. I do. Well, I'll tell you when, the careers just end abruptly, don't they? It's like, that's it? Done? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, May he find uh, from great success in whatever he does next. Uh, let's talk some uh, football and some baseball as well. With Jason Weingarten, everybody, the host of the Wide World of Weingarten, which, of course, uh, can be found wherever podcasts are distributed. How you doing, Jason?
3: Pretty good. How's it going? Doing very well. You excited about football? You pumped? Can't wait. Right. Last night. Last night, when it's not football season, is tonight. I think the last tomorrow night it's officially football season.
4: That's right. This is the last night till February where it won't be football season. Won't be pro football season. You are a Rams guy. Are you not going to the game tomorrow night? No,
3: nah, I'm. A, I'm going to go to Vegas tomorrow. I I thought about my options and going to the game and flying to Vegas on Friday is just much more painful than flying to Vegas on Thursday afternoon.
4: Understood. <laughs> Do you have a bet on tomorrow night's game?
3: Just uh just one prop so far, actually. Which is? Uh Ben Skrounick to score a touchdown plus six fifty at Bet MGM because that's practically double the, the fan duel uh DraftKings price. It was like four to one everywhere else, three and a half to one.
4: All right, just picking off a number. Do you big it play anything else in week one thus far?
3: Uh, I think I laid three minus one twenty with the Chargers. I bet the Steelers money line. That's my uh, that's my big bet. Steelers money line plus two forty one.
4: I like it. I took the points, but I, I like it on the money line as well. We, Your reasoning being, by the way,
3: I mean we're like twelve months removed from the Bengals barely beating the Jets, and it's still Zach Taylor versus Mike Tomlin. We're giving six and a half points to Mike Tomlin versus. Versus Zach Taylor, um, you know, last time we saw the Bengals, they were beatable. I, I don't know. I don't think this team's gotten much better over the offseason.
4: Yeah, I think it's too many points myself. But you are you are going for the juggler, going money line on that.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I like I like the Steelers to win the division too. I think they got uh, two two division games first three weeks. It's uh it sets up nicely for them to you know get off to a hard, hot start.
4: What are your favorite season long NFL bets that you have? Speaking of that.
3: Well, I was just, uh, just doing my, my, my daily morning reading of the daily mail as I do. As yes, you um, do.
4: That's right.
3: I mean, I'll, I'll, be honest. I read it a couple times a day. Um, that's great. You know, it's, yeah. it's one of my guilty, sure. sort of. oh, I'm just going to check what's in the daily mail. And then I get all angry. Cause I'm like, oh, I know they posted that and they want me to click on it. And I won't, you know, anyway, um, the Daily Mail's reporting that maybe Tom Brady's getting divorced? Maybe he's heading towards a divorce?
4: Oh, uh, got to believe what you read in the Daily Mail.
3: Yeah, but that's a thing. I mean, thing. The, Brett Favre's worst season was the year that his wife left him, and I think it was 1999. He was awful. He threw a ton of ton of interceptions like most of his career. Not saying Brady's at that that stage of his career, but he's 45. I've talked about this a bunch of times. Yeah. You're going to give me 250 to 1? on a 45-year-old quarterback being backed up by Blaine Gabbert to have the worst record in the NFL with a rookie head coach, a bunch of old guys around him. I mean, this is a situation that could go downhill quickly. If if it gets out of hand, are we even sure that Tom Brady's going to finish the season?
4: I mean, I like the bet, right? Because I do think if you run this 250 times, given all the things that you just mentioned, it probably happens more than once, right? So I like the bet. Um, there is a path. There is a scenario. Um, I just love that you read the Daily Mail twice a day, and this is what you uh, twice
3: is, is <laughs> <Yes>. being kind.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so great. All right. So, I mean, it's fascinating. So, is that your favorite one? The two hundred fifty to one on the Bucks to have the worst record. You got to like something else.
3: Trying to think. What did I? Uh, I like not Na- Najee Harris to win the Offensive Player of the Year. I think uh, I had him at hundred to one. It's dropped a little bit. I still see seventy fives wouldn't play it at like 50, but he was second in the NFL on uh total carries last year as a rookie. He was fourth in total touches from scrimmage. And the names that he was behind for the total touches are like Debo, Samuel, uh, Kurt uh, Cooper cup. And those guys are getting like five to one, eight to one, 10 to one, you know, short numbers for offensive player of the year. And Harris is getting 75 and a hundred, you know, on an offense where he doesn't really have any, competition at, at running back so um I'm really interested in him there i think uh, a lot of the Steelers sort of derivatives were interesting um you know i like George Pickens but that number moved quickly so i was looking at other options Steelers to win the division Steelers to make the playoffs I also like uh I like Tampa not to make the playoffs you can get like plus 375 there i think that's a more realistic bet than being the worst team in the NFL
4: Kelly, what was your Najee Harris bet last year? Wasn't it rushing touchdowns, seven and a half? And he ended up with seven? Yeah. Yeah, it was, Gil. Sure was. <laughs> and this is, we just went <laughs> Kelly had the over on seven and a half rushing touchdowns. And we were like, oh, we love this bet.
5: Like, we kept talking about it. I was like, greatest. He ends up with seven rushing touchdowns. He uh, was just a receiving monster last
4: year for that team.
3: Yeah. He had like 70 receptions, too. It, it was a really, really good year in terms of total touches for him.
4: 74 catches, 94 targets. 94 targets, which is, which is really betting on right there, and 1,200 yards uh, on the ground in, in the most quiet of ways. You know, like 307 carries, 1,200 yards. Again, not the best average, but seven uh, seven touchdowns on the ground, three through the air. Um, okay, so a lot of Steelers talk in there. I like it because I'm on them, uh, again, week one taking the points, but I, I like the general thought about them as well. Um, baseball. Let's do, Let's do a few minutes on baseball here. A couple doubleheaders today, Mets involved, Yankees and Twins. Um, Yankees nursing now a a four-and-a-half-game lead since they were idle yesterday over the uh, Rays in uh, baseball. And now the Mets, for the first time ever, the lead first time since, you know, early on in the season, the lead has dissipated. They are tied with the Braves. Your outlook for both the Yankees and the Mets, if I said to you right now, where do they finish? Do they finish first or second in their divisions? You say what?
3: I think the Yankees are fine. You know, they uh, they always seem to kind of get to this this precipice of disaster and then right the ship immediately at the you know as they're about to fall off the cliff. I think they get there at the end. It would be one of the largest collapses in you know baseball history if they don't finish the uh, the season you know and, and in first place. And they at least the the Mets are Metsy, and I thought we were going to avoid this, but. Scherzer hits the DL today and all of a sudden they're tied with the, the Braves who just don't seem to go away. And I know, I know the, the Mets have the strength of schedule advantage down the stretch, but can't discount the fact that they're the Mets.
4: That is, that is correct. That is put into the model, put the Mets sauce into the model. So let me ask you about the Mets. Will you be more likely to bet the Mets if they finish as a wild card, but you're getting a longer price on them to win, say, the NL or the World Series.
3: Um, maybe. I mean, I, I only, only future I have in the NL is the Dodgers, so um, possibly that I would back them at a better price. But I think it's pretty evident that the talent gap between the Dodgers, Mets, and the Braves and the rest of the NL is, is extreme.
4: Do you agree with Mark Borchard? I asked yesterday on the show. I was like, "Hey, give me give me some value in the American League. Like, what pitching sets up nicely for a postseason, and it might represent value in a futures market?" He said the Mariners. You agree with that?
3: Well, the Mariners are third third favorite in the AL. So, yeah, I mean Castillo, Ray, Marcos Gonzalez, all nine to one. All good guys, all good pitchers. Uh, nine to one, kind of short, but
4: kind of short because you could probably do it better if you do series by series. We understand, but just for the for the the thought on the matter, the fact that if there is any value in any futures market, perhaps that's the sexiest one of the bunch.
3: Yeah, I mean you're you're really it's it's hard. Like, you, do you really like the Padres ten to one or nope? You know, it's not not a lot of stuff to really sift through here. Favorite
4: baseball bet of the day. What have
3: you bet? Oakland plus two forty against Spencer Strider. I'm uh, just gonna fade him in one more time and take a big price. He's got to give up some runs sooner or later, doesn't he? <laughs>
4: That's it. sooner. Something's got to give at some point. That's the nature of the bet. Plus two forty uh, on the. Yeah, A's.
3: I actually i got the i got the new odds screen the 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 spank odds Spanky. last night, so yes. I got to try it out, and yeah. it's it's really cool getting to to have the odds up on on screen again. I can actually see everything while I'm talking to you, and you know it'll, it'll be much much more beneficial in the future to be able to communicate information to people. 100%. Via the screen.
4: He sent me some. i got to jump on there. We'll get Spanky on the show here in the next couple weeks as well. Jason, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, if we don't talk, enjoy the game tomorrow night.
3: Thanks for having me. I'll probably see you this weekend. Oh, yes.
4: Indeed. Who knows? Maybe we'll get him in studio. Ah, he'll be. He's a bachelor party. I don't know if he's coming in studio this early. We'll come back with college football and Adam Kramer next Numbers Game Visa and the Sports Betting Network.
3: A numbers game on v the sports betting network. Back on the
4: numbers game live from the South Point Hotel Casino, tip of the strip. South Plon, I believe is uh, those of us who uh, work here call it. That's Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin. Uh, one of the uh, amusing parts about doing this show, and one of the great parts is that Kelly Bidlin uh, basically brought the whole primetime action crew over. Yeah. yeah Isaiah Von Drinkle. Yep. Uh, Wyatt Tomcheck Yeah, Wyatt Tomcheck sure, there? Yep. Sure. Sean McCollum. Sean here. McCollum as well. Yeah. Oh, we, got, we got two audio guys. So Kevin yeah. Kev won't let Sean McCollum oh, yeah, bump yeah. him out, though. That's not happening. Better
5: not be any screw ups when you got two
4: of them. Anyway. So, yeah, well, so we're, so we're, <laughs> <laughs> so we're saying, uh, you know, after this show today, right after this show, I am doing a Tim Donahue beating the book podcast. I'm doing it with uh, with uh, Jimmy Jim Baba Batista, one of the co conspirators with Tim Donahue, Jimmy Batista, who was featured in the untold podcast. Uh, Operation Flagrant Foul uh, Netflix doc and Sean Patrick Griffin who wrote the book Gaming the Game the real you know Bible of the Tim Donahue scandal so we're doing that right after the show and then tomorrow the first megapot of the season with Todd Wishnev and Jeff Parlay and uh, Isaiah von Wrinkle downstairs apparently didn't know anything about any of them and from here from the desk I can hear him screaming <laughs> losing his mind.
5: Well, there, there's Anonymous. a couple things to that. Yeah, yeah. We had some organization <laughs> to figure out, but then we also were hearing Isaiah yeah. Isaiah's voice from somewhere else in this studio. We couldn't figure out where. There was an open headset someplace. That's oh,
4: what it was. My. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought he was That's just. That's why you losing. were hearing it echo like from the heavens. It was like Charlie Brown's uh, parents. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, we're doing those. So uh, for, for those who uh, enjoy the Beating the Book podcast, and thank you so much for those who do, because the numbers on the Beating the Book podcast are. Ridiculoso. They really are. The tennis ones are off the charts, for goodness sake. So thank you. And, of course, the Megapod and Guessing Lines. Guessing Lines begins on Monday. People are like, hey, where's Guessing Lines? I took off work. Um, We always start Guessing Lines on week two. But the Megapod begins tomorrow. Still got to get a guest, by the way, on the Megapod, because our normal uh, leadoff hitter, Brady Cannon, cannot make it. So we will scramble and get that done. All right. um, Here's the deal, everybody. College football could not have started more spectacularly. Is it the highest quality football in all cases? Eh, maybe not. Is it the most entertaining thing in the world? Absolutely. Adam Kramer joins us now from both Bleacher Report and Said, How you doing, Adam? Good to see you.
6: I'm doing well. I feel like that's a gateway to ask me about my Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm just saying. <laughs>
4: so, there was, I, so there was North Carolina and Appalachian State on the one end, and then there was yeah. your Iowa Hawkeyes. How do you win a football game 7 to 3 in this day and age of college football? And by the way, your best line in your whole write up at visa.com was we were deprived of a 5 to 3 final.
6: Yeah, yeah, it's uh it's the Kirk Fair special right there. Two safeties in a I can't remember ever seeing that. Um, so, yeah, it was bad, right? And they had a whole <laughs> offseason to fix this. Uh, and you went with the same quarterback and you went with the same scheme and you you got what you were supposed to get. The only thing I'll say in defense of Iowa, which there is no defensive this week, I don't believe, is South Dakota State's actually pretty good. Like, if if you're going to have one positive takeaway, or a few, the defense looked great, uh, the punter is great, of course, it's Iowa, that maybe the competition was elevated. We'll see what we get against Iowa State, who they have owned, really, not just in recent years, but for quite some time now. So... Uh, but there's no defending that 166 yards of offense. I mean, there's 21 punts in that game. And that was uh it was a hard one to consume. So Iowa,
4: your Iowa Hawkeyes, four point favorites over a cross state rival, Iowa state Cyclones, but the totals 40 and a half. You play that? I, I,
2: I,
6: I, I no. I'm going to watch cause I'm a, I'm a sicko, a football sicko. You're a uh, sicko. I'm, I'm going to bet Iowa though. And here's why. If you've watched this series over the last couple of years, Iowa State lost one year because a punt hit an Iowa State player in the back and they recovered it. Uh, Iowa recovered it. Things weird things happen in Iowa. Kirk Farranche just seems to have Campbell's number. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that the offense is still not gonna be very good. Uh, but I think it will be better, and I think Iowa, again in this in this rivalry, just seems to have the upper hand. So it's not going to be pretty, watch other football games. I'm not telling you to watch this game. But I do think <laughs> I'm just going to win and cover.
4: Sorry, we should make that clear. You are not required to watch no. this college football game. It's not a necessity. Uh, let me ask you about just takeaways from week one, and I'll just sort of yeah. I'll, I'll give you three options. You could tell me which which sort of leaps off the page. Did we learn anything about a conference? Did we learn that the Pac-12 might suck again is basically what I'm saying. Or at least be under the expectations of others. Let me be, let me be more careful about that. Uh, Did we learn that Georgia's right up there with Alabama? Are you worried about Ohio state? Take any of those that you want.
6: I'll, I'll quickly fly through a couple. I think that no, I'm not worried about Ohio State. I think you are happy if you're an Ohio State fan because you haven't had this type of defense we think in a quite some time. We've talked, you and I talked about Jim Knowles coming in and uh, kind of reworking that group entirely, and I, I, that's a great sign. When you look at how active that defensive line is, you look at you know you you're basically out with of your top two wideouts. Uh, Stroud did not look great or comfortable. The offensive line has to play better, but I think ultimately. Um, I think they're going to be just fine. It, you want to grind out a game like that. Like, that's, that's okay. I have confidence that all the other pieces are going to come together. And then just with the Pac-12 stuff, my biggest takeaway isn't Oregon being bad. It is Georgia. It's so the team. You and I have also talked about a lot over the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Uh, the fact that they were able to reload that quickly, I thought – Stets Bennett looked phenomenal. Yes, uh, I, I thought it would be tough for him to keep his job. Now he's 18 to one to win the Heisman. And if you jumped on that train over the last couple of months, you're feeling pretty good about thing, where things stand. I just, the way they spread the ball out, all the defensive players like that is This is Alabama now, right? This is a team that can lose a ton of talent and just replenish. Long way to go, obviously, but the schedule is favorable. So we'll see what they do.
4: Yeah, I think you pointed this out as well, which is the Stetson Bennett point is a good one. Like of all the points, maybe that's the single most important at the top of college football. Like, should we finally accept that he's better than most of us think?
6: Yes. And I think we were there. And then the first half of the national championship happened. Like he's a guy Mm -hmm. that we're just, we're going to keep doing this with, there's certain players, whether it's the NFL or college football, that if they, they have a bad 30 minutes, we're like, there we go. Right. Then there's five-star quarterbacks waiting. He was superb, man. He was superb. And obviously when you win a national title, the way he did, I think I thought that would go away. I, I didn't let it go away. I was still like, well, he's got to earn his job. You lose your top receiver. You lose a a really good running back. Again, all the different pieces to bring it together like that in the way that he did, like maximum credit. And 18 to 1, like why weren't we talking about the quarterback of the number three team in college football (laughs) to win the Heisman, right? Like, That's where I'm at now. So true, yeah.
4: Well, yeah, he's still looking up at Bryce Young, but just to put it in yep. context. All right, as far as this, this week's games, and, the, and we do have some that, that look uh, fascinating on paper just like we did last week. It wasn't necessarily the, the games that turned out to be fascinating this past week, but it was just an awesome week of college football. Bama is at Texas. Steve, uh, Steve Sarkeesian is already out there sort of setting expectations, right? He's sort of like, eh, hey, this game doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. 20-point uh, uh, spread here. Would you take the points?
6: I know I'm not going to. I did not like what I heard Steve Sarkeesian say, and I get why he's saying it, right? Like, it's actually kind of cool to hear a coach keep it real. Like, this is not our Super Bowl. Like, let's win our conference. And then, to be fair for Texas, those are realistic expectations. I think when you look at Quinn Ewers, who I thought played fine, turned the ball over for Texas in the opener, but you, you saw it. Like, he's got a ton of talent. This is a tall task. You've got Will Anderson that's going to be all over the field. You've got an Alabama defense that's really, really deep and loaded. And then you have Bryce Young, who was on the move, which was a really interesting factor because that was something I thought we'd see more of uh, last year. Uh, and Jameer Gibbs, obviously, the taste of him was great. Alabama is just too deep. Uh, even that we, we talk about Sark comments. But how about Nick Saban? Like, yeah. We're going to act like we don't know them. You know, like <laughs> Nick Saban likes his team. The way he's talking, he really likes his team. He likes the attitude. Um, I think it's going to be a popular Uh, thing to say that Alabama is going to beat up Texas. I just don't think Texas in the trenches where they're really young and elsewhere, they're not equipped to handle this game. I think in a couple of years, they actually will be if they continue to recruit the way they do. But right now, no, I don't believe so.
4: There's a few games here and uh, you noted them again, Adam writes for VEASAN.com each and every week does a, uh, a piece about college football his betters guide to the coming week in college football. And there's a trio of games where uh, you know, you we really don't know what you know after week one because of the opponents, right? So BYU-Baylor, Florida-Kentucky, Tennessee-Pittsburgh. A lot of those teams involved had big blowouts the previous week. Tennessee, let's just start there. Ball State certainly was nothing to uh, really act as a barometer. Pittsburgh wins against West Virginia on Thursday night. Uh, Tennessee's game was Thursday night, too, so they're both on equal rest here. Pittsburgh, sort of, you know, it, it, you understand why they're six-and-a-half-point dogs here lay the points with the Vols on the road?
6: Yeah, I think so. The, the more people that I've talked to that have been around Tennessee, they they think it's real. They think this offense is a problem. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's tough to take a lot from these first impressions. It's one of the things that I love and hate about the early part of the college football season because we're just assuming that Tennessee is going to throw up a ton of points. But the, the point spread does speak to... Uh, feeling a lot of confidence in the Tennessee offense the team last year that flirted with greatness at times, right? Depending on your definition of great Pittsburgh for me, I thought Slovis looked okay. Uh, yeah. You know, again, they lose quite a bit. I, I think Tennessee is, I don't want to say for real, but I think they're going to be a problem in that conference. The SEC has filled, you know, Arkansas, who we saw, Tennessee, um, I don't know, maybe a South Carolina teams that are going to be a problem week to week. For a team like Pitt that has lost a lot, I think Tennessee is going to be an issue.
4: All right, give me 20 seconds on these two games. 20 seconds. Arkansas, South Carolina first. SEC clash. Arkansas favored by
6: over a touchdown. South Carolina uh, had two (laughs) punt blocks last week, and it was going to be a problem if they didn't against Georgia State. Arkansas with a game effort, the only thing I'm a little worried about is the letdown. All right. right. Big win.
4: And then Texas Tech-Houston. Houston squeaks by UTSA in overtime.
6: I love Texas Tech man. Yeah. I know they with their backup quarterback Kitley, their new OC. I think he's going to be really really special. That's a good spot, good line. I think Houston's a little tired coming into this one.
4: Adam always a pleasure man. I hope week 2 is as great as week 1 was. Yeah,
6: me too man. Take care. We'll talk me, to you next week. You too, Adam Kramer at Kegs and
4: Eggs on the old Twitter machine. We'll come back, we'll wrap up uh we'll recite all our picks again. Numbers game, Vincent.
0: These sports v the sports
2: betting network.
4: BetMGM, MGM, the kick of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM MGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at Bet MGM, you can earn Bet MGM Rewards points. You can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Well, you can also convert your Bet MGM points into MGM Rewards points. You can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager on the BetMGM app, sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action. With BetMGM Rewards, eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Skill Alexander Kelly. Bidlin is here as well. Isaiah, Wyatt downstairs. Sean, Kev in studio. Packed house. Packed house. Kelly, you have a uh, quarterback starting news. It will be Joe
5: Flacco week one for the New York Jets. Chris Felica tweeting, uh, texting at us that that would definitely be a uh, better choice for the Jets.
4: He week. is a Jets fan. He likes that. as He likes that. He thinks the Jets have a better chance.
5: I I, I actually agree with him. I do agree with him. I, I think that uh, a healthy Joe Flacco, even at this point in his career, is better than a banged up Zach Wilson that is still, you know, young, learning, on the
4: job. That will move the line, not at all.
5: Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. But I, you know, I do have—I've got Ravens and teasers. I, I'm, not, I'm not thrilled to hear that news. I'd, ra- I'd rather it be a banged up Zach Wilson out there.
4: Yeah, though. I mean, though you, you'll be thrilled if you see the Joe Flacco face pretty early on in that game as well. Oh yeah, yeah. You'll be like, ah, we got this.
5: Remember that odd story last year when he first got? What was he? when he got traded there, right? And then he didn't join the team for like weeks. And he was, like, he was with the team from a distance or something. That was a bizarre story. It was a bizarre story. You didn't catch this. I wish we had clean audio of this. You didn't catch this Brian Kelly uh,
4: press conference? (laughs) Describe it for people (laughs) what happened.
5: Brian Kelly doing his press conference, and this reporter walks in late, and uh, he kind of calls her out, and she uh, she snaps right back with, uh, if you win more games, maybe I'll get here on time.
4: Brian Kelly, great moments in (laughs) press conference history.
5: Oh, man
4: not using the fake accent that he first landed at LSU with.
5: Yeah. That now is a, uh, That is, for someone that's been around uh, some college teams and, you know, with these college, it doesn't matter what college is. These college coaches, I mean, they think they're the kings of the kingdom because they're treated that way by the schools. Yep, man, I, A reporter rolled into one of those press conferences and saying that one, man, I would be scared to drop a line like that.
4: Maybe if you win more. <laughs>
5: Maybe if you win more.
4: Yeah. What he say? He says I have a jar for people at home if they're I late. He was talking
5: about something like, yeah, "Yeah, we can finally get started now that we're all here, or something like that. Mm-hmm.
4: She snapped back. Got to win. Win is the tonic. Until you do, you get reporters snapping back at you. All right, so here's a recap of our picks today. Tennis, first of all, in case you missed it. Uh, went 2-0 yesterday. Having a fine U.S. Open, by the way. And uh, today there is one play. It starts in about 12 minutes. Now, I, I make these bets the night before, I got Karolina Pliskova at plus one sixteen, and I said earlier, hey, if you could still get it at plus money when I gave it out at the beginning of the show, grab it uh, because this should be this should be a coin flip, you know, really. And right now, when I look at it, there were some reports that it moved. Right now, though, if I look at it, Pliskova is uh, minus one hundred one. So again, if it's right, it's right on the cusp. If you can still get plus money, grab it. Karolina Pliskova taking on Arena Sabalenka. By the way, Dan Weston has a play on the men's side. He is taking Andrei Rublev against Francis Tiafoe. Kelly, you playing any of them? No? No, no tennis for me today. No tennis for me today. Sure, sure.
5: Suit yourself. Well, uh, yeah, I'm seeing that uh, go up plus one ten.
4: Oh, so you got a plus one
5: ten out there. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I was trying to look at a couple different
4: books here because it does seem like that number
5: is bouncing around a little bit.
4: Well, you know, what's interesting is on both of our wins yesterday, um, there was late movement against us in both cases. So Casper Rude, who we got at minus 118 or thereabouts, there were some people tweeting like, oh, I got him plus 104 by the end. Okay. Casper Rude wins in straight sets. Oh, there you go. Then there was the Caroline Garcia match against Coco Golf. Same thing, late money on Coco. That's more understandable. American player. You could see like maybe some of these domestic books, a lot of money coming in on her. Caroline Garcia rolls her as well. And this brings up the point about when you're handicapping certain sports are you influenced by market movement? And the question is the answer is never a a blanket one. So I think there are certain sports that if you are expert in that it shouldn't bother you if your numbers are better and then there are other sports we should absolutely care about it. Right? The NFL, you should probably care about line movement. But if you're Kelly, let's take your golf. Yeah. Well, I think Are, I think there's a couple good NFL examples this week, right? Some couple good, you yeah.
5: know, like I mean that Jags Commanders line down to two and a half now. Been sitting at three, base, you know, basically for the past what month? In the past 24 hours, that's really moved to two and a half. Well, it's uh, it's not a game I'm running to bet, but you know, if there was a bet I was going to make, it would be on the Commanders. And uh, I mean, there's there's some respect to Jags
4: money coming in, I guess. Well, the the point I was trying to make also about like sort of the other sports, right? In tennis, does that influence me? Not at all. Oh, yeah, not at all. Doesn't influence me in the least. But I'm like, hey, better way, go ahead. I I like my numbers better than what the market is doing. In golf, I would imagine the same thing is yeah. the case for no, you. No, not at all. You don't care. Not at all. And that's because you have confidence in what you are doing. Yeah. But in the NFL, eh, what does that mean? Must mean something.
5: Yeah, it is. You're right. I mean, it's a when you talk golf and probably you for tennis, it's not something I even really I even really think about. Mm -hmm. I you know besides besides getting angry that you maybe you didn't get the best of a number on a longer outright right, but uh, uh, but other than that, it's not something you're really caring about through through your handicapping process. I do think. The NFL ones they always make you make you raise an eyebrow, though, right? If you're looking at betting it, it's like, okay, this is this is where it's going. Like that that Chiefs Cardinals one this week. I mean, six we're up to six in that game. I, I guess I'm just surprised there's that many people all over the Chiefs.
4: Well, so this is another thing we need to bring up, which we haven't. But you, me, and Matt did it on primetime action all the time because we were on air right as these primetime games were coming on, and this is more pronounced on primetime games, but really applies to the NFL in general now. This is something that we couldn't say two years ago or three years ago or certainly before PASPA was ruled unconstitutional. You know where I'm going with this, Kelly, which is movement now is so much more rapid and volatile than it was two, three, four years ago. Now that there are 30 states online, plus the District of Columbia, literally, Kelly, it's almost as if tens more millions of people are betting into these things. I'm, yeah. being, I'm being facetious. So that's like, that's the thing. It lights up like a Christmas tree before these primetime games. It's a Christmas tree. And we've become acclimated, right? We've become so used to the fact that this is now the new world. This didn't used to be the case, right? We would be like, if something moved during a show, we'd be like, Oh, look at that. There, there's a, it's a move right now on this particular game. It goes crazy now on everything. And so, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean that it, it, it what what does that signify? does it signify less to you in the end because you have less ability to know what's actually behind those moves i might argue yes to that
5: i would say i would say early in the season yes for sure right uh i think when you get later in the season and you can Maybe connect certain moves. It's easier to connect certain moves to certain injuries that you might see come out in practice reports or something like that. Uh, but you know as we, when you roll into the season fresh, right? you got a lot of the a lot of these injury reports that aren't super, super clear. You don't know the absolute status of what you're gonna see with guys in week one. So when you see numbers
4: jumping like this, it's
5: well, am I really concerned about player? X in this, or is it really just
4: money coming in? well, we we found that to be the case also where it's like we knew about injury news like on a Monday or Tuesday, and then like the line wouldn't adjust to it till Friday. right. so it's it, it is a you know, again, Las Vegas Chris guy like that expert in in reading line moves. I'm not sure ninety percent of the people should even be making an attempt as to trying to understand why a line is doing what it's doing. Yeah, but I, in the I, NFL, you should question it for sure.
5: Yeah, and that's, you know, the Chiefs-Cardinals one is that people just thinking the Chiefs are still the Chiefs and recreational bettors just want to, they're just betting them because they think they're the best team in the NFL and don't think the Cardinals are all that great. I don't don't know. Maybe
4: that's what's happening. Here are our plays in the NFL. Kelly, you want to start with yours? You want to start with mine? What do you want to do? Do, do, Go ahead. Do. All right. I'll you do mine. I'll do mine. Uh, I've got five plays in the NFL. These are these are going to be my contest picks. They'll reflect my contest picks as well. But I money-lined the Vikings. I money-lined the uh, Vikings against the Packers. I think this is their year. I money-lined the Browns against the uh, Panthers. And I did money-line the Cowboys on Monday night against the number. I took the Chargers at minus three, even minus three at a crease juice. And... I did uh, lay the points, so I just went off the screen there. I laid the points, or excuse me, I took the points, rather, with the Steelers. Took the six and a half. Hope it gets the seven. I might add some more, but right now it's six and a half. You, you, sir. Oh, and teaser legs, of course, in all kinds of combinations. Rams, Ravens, Browns, Niners, Colts, and Vikings. All over the place with teasers. I'm way more involved than I thought I would be, Kelly.
5: I hear you. I did just add the Broncos in the show. I saw one six left in town, so I bet that. Broncos minus six. Uh, Bills then minus two tomorrow night, and then three teasers in the account so far. Colts and Ravens, Browns and Vikings, Colts and Vikings.
4: All right. We'll probably do more. By the way, pro tip of the hour, uh, Stetson Bennett comes from Adam Kramer. Stetson Bennett may not be your prototypical NFL quarterback, but at 20-1, to Uh, To win the Heisman, he said it's got value on a team we expect to win a lot of games. Just that simple. That's your pro tip for the hour. We do one every hour on VEASAN across every show, so that means at least 20 every day. They're all available for VEASAN Pro subscribers only at VEASAN.com, or you can sort them by sport and by show. The Lombardi Line is next. Enjoy from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.